Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 7, Episode 25, Heaven Sent. Mary, what happened this week? Val kind of really throws herself into managing Rob, even though she never really said she wanted to do it in the first place, and even when Rob takes none of her advice. When his movie premieres and doesn't do well, but he's still really great in it, Rob decides show business just isn't for him. Valerie tries to hold his contract over his head to keep him from going home to Indiana, but Rob just fires her and says he's going to go be a carpenter, and carpenter boyfriends just aren't Val's style. I feel like that was probably the best part of this storyline is when he was like, if I was just a carpenter, would you still date me? And she was silent. She was just like, hmm. You'll keep in touch, right? Like, she didn't even say that. <laughs> she, yeah. She was just like, well, I can't say no because that's not going to go well for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, girl, he's still hot. And let's be honest, like, Dylan was going nowhere when you were chasing him. Uh, yeah, I mean, shall we list the others and see where they fall? I mean, like, Rob's only problem is that he's incredibly naive and won't build a bed. And, like, what is he going to do with that house? I know. He presumably bought the house, right? Uh, yeah, I would assume so. Did did they have money-back guarantees in the 90s, like 30 days or your money back? <laughs> I don't know, man. 90s were wild, so that interest rate was probably in, like, 18%. <laughs> He'll throw in one chair and one mirror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this this was a really fast way to get rid of Rob. I mean, they hired that actor for three episodes, and he's out. He might have even shot all of his scenes in one week. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean... Yeah, because and all he really does is just his lines aren't overly complicated because his story is like imposter syndrome, basically. But, you know, it's like imposter syndrome syndrome coupled with way in over his head, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. Like, you don't have to like the movie business just because you're hot and can act a little bit. You know, you don't have to like it. I mean, honestly, good on him for having, like, the one experience and being like, you know what? I'm done. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm going yeah. back to Indiana. Mm-hmm. God, I would have loved it if he would have just been like, I'm not an avocado head, Val. I'm a Hoosier. <laughs> just <God>. left. <laughs> that would have been if he just had, like, a really good, like, goodbye line other than just, Val, you're fired. Right? Because, like, what they were trying to do, and I know, like, we're jumping way to the end of their storyline, but what they tried to do with, by like, Rob saying you're fired was be, like, this cute, like, I'm letting you off the hook, you know, situation. But because it's Jason something or whoever, Smith Lewis? from Sex Jason, and the City. Jason Lewis. That's it. Jason Lewis. Because it's him, it just kind of falls flat because I feel like he has that very steady voice. And so Val gets more worked up about it than she should, especially when she literally just got really worked up over the fact that, like, I don't know. Because she was like, I'm not letting you out of your contract. And now she's just like, 
Okay. Which is also the funniest thing that Val thinks she has any sort of hold here. Like, yeah. No. His lawyer will get him out of that in five seconds because you have been a manager for a week. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it was kind of positive, like, when he was all excited when they were walking around in that first scene and, like, you really see him happy for the first time about the movie business and whatever. Thanks her for being her manager, which, like, what is she really doing at this point? But doesn't matter. But, and, like, later on, like, as the, the episode progresses, we see Rob get more and more, like, obsessive i guess about Mm -hmm. the reviews whether it's on the newspaper on the radio at the premiere and even though he says like see these hands these are man hands (laughs) like i was dying (laughs) and shows like his calluses and his scars and whatever he like tries to insinuate that he has thick skin but it's just totally different like he you know it's personal criticism yeah, and it's criticism that you don't feel in most careers. I mean, definitely oh, not, yeah. you know, low-scale carpentry. Like, he's not, like, a giant furniture designer or something. Mm-hmm. Like, he just makes a chair at a time. He seems to, like, when he's focused, knock this shit out real fast. I mean, he made oh, a mirror yeah. and a chair in three weeks. Mm-hmm. No beds. That's too much. <laughs> no beds. But, but yeah, yeah, it's like – he just like I mean and really nothing else happens in this storyline outside of the fact that like Rob is getting really critical or like he's feeling the criticism not even about his own acting job because every single review is like well that dude's hot and he was his acting was all right like it wasn't anything negative but they said the movie sucked which like if I had a nickel for every time you know there was a bright spot in a really bad project I'd you know have a lot of money but like (laughs) Rob just can't handle it. Like, he just, he can't handle the entirety of the project, which maybe speaks more to, like, him being a team player. And maybe I I like Rob now. I don't know. (laughs) The thing is, I've never really had reason to dislike Rob. I just think he's a dumb piece of wood. Like, (laughs) he, he can't help that he's not Hollywood smart, I will say. Of course. Like, I can't say he's not smart in other things. He built a chair. I can't build a chair. No, God, but he's like with all of this stuff where he's like, I fired my other manager. You have no experience and you are technically kind of like in cahoots with him, low key blackmailing each other. Do you want to be my manager? Like, brah, that was a bad choice. And blowing right past like mixing business and pleasure. Like they're literally sleeping together. In what universe? Would it make sense, no matter what profession you're in, to sleep with somebody who's in a higher position than you? Exactly. I mean, somebody that controls your career, you you don't mess with that. Yeah, 100%. But, yeah, I mean, it says a lot about him that everyone is like, oh, yeah, Rob, you're so hot. You looked so, you know, you're pretty good in this movie, which I feel like on your first go around when you were a carpenter and had to learn all this stuff on the fly, like, I'm going to take pretty good. Oh, Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking of, like, every single movie that's come out where it's, like, somebody that's not well-known or somebody that maybe, you know, like, one of us knows because they were in a TV show or a movie that we really, really liked, and they go on to do either an indie project or, let's be real, a horror movie that's probably terrible, but then 
they're there and you're like well they were fine like nothing about their like look at the script look at the directing look at the you know overall plot like you can't help that if you're the bright spot that's a good thing yeah there oh gosh there are so many scripts when like somebody reads something out loud you're like that doesn't work like I don't (laughs) know how you made that work but that should not work I mean you know like just to put a finer point on this like before we move on I'm just thinking of the entire show that is Riverdale and I love Riverdale I think it's fantastic in the most dumb way but think about it. If like Cami Mendez can just walk in and make me fall in love with her or like show this air of like, I don't know, badass, like rich goddess, but in this hyper, you know, apparently supernatural <laughs> world, that's when you know it's not, it's, you know, it's not the project or it's not the person, it's the project. Yeah, I'm at the part where she makes a deal with the devil after somebody else has already made a deal with the devil for her soul. I'm just like, I I don't even know. I don't know how you do it, but you do it. It doesn't make sense. It boggles the mind. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it seems like he gets so offended that nobody liked the project as a whole because he cared so much about the cast and crew that that's what breaks him. He can't find a single review that speaks positively about everyone, and therefore he quits because no one is nice in Hollywood. I know. And, like, he's mean to the reporters. Like, I mean, not that mean. Like, let's be real. This is a broadcast show. But I know. He, like, sort of tries to yell at them by defending, like you said, the cast and crew and which is sweet, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're like, come on, Rob, like, you know, this movie sucks and he won't, he, he won't can't do it. stand for that. <laughs> He's like, no, these are my friends. These are the only people I know. Mm-hmm. I, just, I cannot believe that this is how this story happens. And then at the end of it, after he fires her and they clearly break up and she's had her blow up of like, Go to hell. I'll sue you. You can't get out of this contract. I'll never let you out of it. Like, at home, she's depressed. And she's like, Rob's too nice for me. I know. Which I'm like, accurate. Like, totally. 100% accurate. 100% accurate. You're leaving out the part where he tried to break up with you and you told him to go to hell. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't need to be said. Let's be honest. She's talking to Brandon. He knows. Yeah, I mean, I don't, yeah, it it is kind of like a little whiplashy with her being like, I hate you, I'm sad, you know, he's too nice. Well, he's also a carpenter and I don't want that. Like, <laughs> she's all I over can't. the place. She just, I mean, let, we've established Valerie just wants attention from guys, so. She wants so much attention. <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, I can't wait to see who she dates next. Right. And, like, as long as it continues to not be members of the core group, I think I'm okay with that. I mean, I guess the good news is, as of right now, it literally can't be because they're all in relationships or in love with multiple people. That's true. That aren't Yeah, her. we need we need some new blood in here that's, like, going to be a regular, not just a either a three to five episode arc or a recurring character like Joe or somebody like that that hangs on for a little while. Yeah, we need somebody who's not going to disappear and come back 20 episodes later for just, like, one moment, one fleeting moment. 
Yep. I mean, and who knows? Rob may come back someday. I highly doubt it. He seems to hate this state. (laughs) But maybe. You never know. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, I mean, until then, though. Mary, what else happened this week? David is planning a very important occasion with Donna, who has actual real and valid reasons to want to reschedule. However, David must cook for her on April 9th, Jackie and Mel's wedding anniversary slash David and Donna's fifth I love you anniversary. Has it really been that long? Is Aaron almost five? Anyway, David's behavior worries Donna, escalating when he calls her and asks her to meet him at the pee pad, making it sound like a much more urgent situation than a Cornish game hen dinner on the floor. The lanterns were a nice touch, though. They were cute. So, the end result was cute. Getting there was so horrible. (laughs) I hated it. Like, yeah, it's this whole thing that David just, like, needs to do something wonderful for Donna and cannot figure it out. But then he he does start acting really, like, obsessive about the idea that it has to be April 9th. It has to be this idea that he's gotten. And like Mary said, Donna had all these valid reasons to not do it. And he gets pretty irrationally mad at her for wanting to study. Yeah, and I think the problem was is that he wanted to keep the whole thing a surprise or a secret, but I think (laughs) what easily could have been accomplished is keeping the reason for wanting to get together a surprise or maybe, well, I take that back. Let's take... Let, let's let David reveal to Donna why he wants to do something special. Like, this is the anniversary of the first time that we said I love you, and I would really like to take you out and do something special. Perfect. Then don't let the – or, like, don't say what the what they're going to do together, right? Like, don't talk about, like, what – let that be the surprise, not why yeah. they're doing this, because then Donna would know why this is so important and would adjust accordingly, right? Or – The plan B would be for David to be more flexible and say, we'll do this this weekend or we'll do it another day. But this is the reason we're celebrating. Yeah. And I think it's the flexibility that bothers me so much because I don't even know that I would call this borderline manipulative. I think I call this manipulative that he gets so upset that she won't be flexible for him. He's like, blow off your stupid schoolwork. Like, I think he literally calls it stupid. He does. He does. Yeah. And then – When she won't do it and she has to call and cancel because she stayed up all night helping Claire with her stuff and then still has to study, he gets pissed at her. And then he abuses the fact that she knows that, like, his brain chemistry is off and he's been acting erratically to force her to ultimately do the thing he wants her to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there are moments, like you said, at the end that are really cute. And things about this relationship that we really like because we've mm-hmm. seen that growth over the last, you know, at minimum five episodes, but probably much longer than that. 
And we've been like literally praising David for the last like at least three episodes just of how he's taking care of himself, how he's taking care of Donna when she needs him and all that. And it just felt like, yeah, like a, a step back in a manipulative fashion. I didn't even think about, I mean, I definitely thought about him using his um, mental health as as a manipulative tactic, but I didn't even think about the guilt part of it, you know, like the reverting back to the way that he was to get her to fold. You know, now that you've mentioned it, it's reminiscent of when they worked together on the music video and stuff. Yeah, like he doesn't – he's been better about it. Like you said, mm-hmm. we have been praising him for episodes. Like mm-hmm. we have been loving David lately, but this is this is very early David in their relationship where like he expects her to just do what he wants to do. And, yeah. you know, we did find out later that a lot of that had to do with his mental health. But like – Right. Ugh. And then there's – I don't even really – know how I would want to talk about this, but the way that Claire ends up involved in it and goes along with David's side of it and is like, just trust me, David's fine. Go to him. Even knowing that Donna has all this studying to do. Yeah. Like this, this episode specifically, it feels very like boys versus girls and the boys win. It really does actually. Like, right? Because Rob gets to leave with no problems i mean that we know about and val's i mean she's fine <laughs> she's a cockroach she's, she's not she's gonna fine die. <laughs> but technically she lost a job and a boyfriend in the same day yeah exactly technically and now donna yeah missing out on studying for her really important exam or midterm or whatever it is and we'll get to the parts where Claire loses. Now, granted, I think Claire was a little bit in the wrong. So I Oh, Claire was absolutely in the wrong. I just <laughs> it it still stands to reason boys versus girls and boys win. Totally. That's totally. Claire's the second half of the stories, it gets a little murkier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, I don't know. I think I I just really hope that this was maybe like a one-off or this was a situation where it was a different writer this time around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who knows? I, and I wonder if, like, the intention was different and then by the time it, you know, hit the page, went through rewrites, was actually, you know, filmed and edited, like, it came out looking this mm-hmm. way when it didn't originally mean to look this way. Yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, what I really would have preferred – is, you know, if Donna said this whole thing of, like, I have to cancel because I have to study for this, this, and this valid reason, I'm so sorry, even though she is canceled going to other stuff mm-hmm. already to be with him. Like, I wish he would have made this, whatever, Cornish game hen, I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, and, literally. And, like, packed it up and brought it to her and just been like, hey, I know you're really stressed. I'm not trying to add to your stress. but I wanted to cook for you because blah, blah, blah. Or even just like mm-hmm. bring her ice cream or coffee on a study. Like something yeah. to prove he's thinking of her would go as far with Donna as the end result of what he did. Totally. For sure. Because there's no doubt that 
Donna loves him just as much as he loves her. There's no doubt that she's committed to this relationship and committed to their history and where they're going. There's mm-hmm. no doubts about that whatsoever. So it's at that point where in the relationship, you're you're not attempting to court the other person or you're not attempting to even the scales. You're literally, this moment is to celebrate something that's that was monumental and I think the longer you're together, at least the longer your relationship has to grow, like the the more you're able to adapt while still treating that celebratory thing with as much care as you need to. And there's so many other things that factor into that too, like you were saying, where it's not just about that anniversary anymore. It's about who we are to each other, what we mean to each other, and how we're understanding of what each other needs in the moment mm-hmm. of course donna wants to celebrate that of course yeah she exactly. loves stuff like that yeah this is like another one of those times where i feel like they took a 30 minute sitcom story and tried to like flip it into a drama because there's literally an episode of modern family where you find out that gloria has all these different anniversaries of like the first time they kissed the first time they went on a date the time they got married. Like she's got all of these anniversaries and she won't tell Jay what they are and where they are. She expects him to remember. So Mm he spends the entire episode trying to get it out of her where he's supposed to meet her. Like it's literally a sitcom plot where he's desperate to celebrate this anniversary that she literally can't even remember. He's like, it was five years ago on the beach. And she's like, what was I doing? (laughs) Yeah, I guess in a drama, it just doesn't hit the same. It just, yeah, it didn't work. And even at the beginning, I mean, like, that first scene with them where he's just, like, looking at her all googly-eyed and she's like, what are you doing? Like, (laughs) that's very sitcom when Claire comes into the room and Donna leaves and David's trying to figure out, like, what to do. And Claire's like, okay, well, the other night over dinner, we were having a conversation about how barbecue tools are very Freudian. Like, this this missed me. It was so weird. And, like, I guess thinking back on it now, knowing what I know after watching the episode, I would rather have seen Claire Kelly and Donna's dinner together. Than this story, (laughs) where they what have barbecue? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, did they barbecue? Were they referring to the storm warning episode where Steve barbecued? Mm. And they're very specifically talking about the boys in their lives. Well, and you know, Claire has absolutely zero problem talking about her sex life with Steve, so that could easily track. Easily, like. Turns out I would have rather heard the Freudian conversation over barbecue salads <laughs> yeah. than watch David honestly throw a hissy fit over eggplant and yell at Nat in his own restaurant. Oof. Yeah, why didn't he cook at the Hollywood Hills house? And he originally went with eggplant, which failed, and you can't give someone salmonella from eggplant, but then he switched to Cornish Game Hen, where you can absolutely give someone food poisoning. Also, how ambitious. He like said it was Cornish game hen, rice with mushrooms, and steamed vegetables. But then later, like two seconds later, he's like, well, I oversteamed the vegetables and did something to the scallop potatoes. I'm like, when did you add scallop potatoes? Also, <laughs> potatoes and rice and vegetables. Right. Like, these, these are very filling. 
Mm-hmm. Not to mention an entire hen. You also no- will notice that he only carries one tray over, and it's Donna's, and he doesn't eat anything. <laughs> He's just like, I know this is going to be bad, but if I watch you eat it, you will never say anything about it. Yeah, I mean, truthfully, he should have just had that be his plan all along. Like, if he really hates cooking and doesn't, like, want to do it, just make something bad, and then she'll understand it. She's like, okay, never mind. You don't have to cook. Cook together. Yeah. Yeah. Make something easy. Honestly, like, I know the point of all this. I want to do something so special for her. I'm going to have Nat show me how to make something. Like, I get all of it. But, like, it would go just as far if he made, like, a grilled cheese sandwich, just proving that he can cook something for her. I'm sorry. It was vegetable julienne. <laughs> Steamed vegetable julienne or just vegetable julienne? What if well, he just gave her sliced up raw cu- vegetables? As long as there's some ranch with it, I think it'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That would make me so-, so he basically gave her chicken nuggets, french fries, and veggies with ranch. If only. <laughs> I mean, truly, I would have eaten the shit out of that in college. Right? Especially if there's ranch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, do you have anything else to say about this? No, I don't think so. I mean, I guess the last thing I'll say is that it is pretty cute to see David genuinely in love with Donna. And... We've seen that for the last several episodes and based on David's behavior and how they've changed it outside of this random stuff that was done on purpose and and manipulative, but the growth that he's had to go through has allowed him to be much more emotionally mature Mm -hmm. with Donna. So he's able to love her better. And I just, it's... He's actually got one of the better arcs of this entire show as a character. So that I guess that I'll end that on a positive note. And and I guess maybe, you know, to give the show credit, like there might be something that we just haven't seen yet, right? Like mm-hmm. his behavior historically has always been meaningful. There has been a purpose to everything they have David do. So Maybe we just haven't seen it yet and we're upset about it, but we're upset because we don't know what's coming. Yeah, true. It's quite possible. All right, Mary, what else happened this week? Steve distracts Claire from writing her paper and she knocks a cup of coffee on her CPU. Now, Claire is usually kind of fun mean, but she gets mean mean and blames Steve for interrupting her and tempting her to blow off her school work to party with him and says it's his fault she spilled the coffee when steve finally grasps the severity of the situation and offers a sincere apology she doubles down and calls him an idiot steve finds a way to save her paper but says he's done with her putting him down claire apologizes with flowers and wearing a dress he loves her in and everything's fine i guess yeah because she wants to show him the gap in her paper about friction I mean, he did mention what he knew about applied physics earlier was friction. I'm telling you, like, before we kick things off with the actual plot, like, why are these two meant for each other? Like, why should they be endgame? Because they are perfect for each other. It makes no sense. But, like, (laughs) even when they fight, like, 
it works out. Like, it's been weird. I mean, testosterone, Claire, <laughs> stressed out applied physics, Claire, dumbass Steve. Like, yep. Steve doesn't even need multiple different things. He's just dumb. Dumb. Like, this boy. Because, you know, at first, I feel like I get why she's frustrated with him trying to distract her from her paper. She also later says it's 75 pages. So there is part of me that is hoping that he's just wanting her to take a break and let her brain, like, calm down and is yeah. not actually being like, screw your homework. Like, not literally what David did. Right. But just being like, you need a break. Go, you know, take a hot shower. Stop being so smelly. Put on that dress I really like and come hang out for a couple of hours. Well, and like, yeah, the whole thing is – uh, like, I really hope that, too, because that would be sweet. He just doesn't exactly know how to, like, convey that to her. Yeah. But I think kind of similar to the David and Donna storyline, Steve's got to understand sometimes Claire needs to go full intellect, full study, full academic mm -hmm. in order to then chill out. Right. Yeah. Like, I think there is something beautiful in accepting what your partner needs, even if, if it doesn't make sense to you or even if you wouldn't do that in, in your own situation, because like they, they know themselves better than you do. So, you know, I, I do think Steve's intentions were extremely good for once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it just, you know, I think Claire personally just needed to be in that space where she could finish this, be done with it and then have a good time. Yeah. Which I totally understand. Like, I feel like I relate to Claire in that sense. Sometimes if I've had time off from work, like, I'll just have to sign in and just, like, delete some emails or, like, answer an email or something because the anxiety just gets to me. I'm like, mm -hmm. I just need to have it done yeah. and then I can go enjoy myself. Right. And, you know, all of the stuff with Steve, like, it almost gets her until she has to knock that coffee over and I have so many comments here because she knew where that coffee was and she still put her legs up there. And then when he's like, well, have you tried rebooting the computer? And she's like, that's what I did, you idiot or whatever. Like, no, you're just hitting the enter key on your keyboard. You're not down at the CPU trying to turn it back on, which you should not be doing if it's covered in sugary, milky coffee. But yeah, I just I have issues because she was not rebooting. No, it's just not and what she was doing. I also just very much relate to her stress, though. Oh, for sure. <laughs> not that, like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination, like, nice when I'm that stressed out. But, like, I would hope I wouldn't call Nate an idiot. But, God, if, if it's a situation where we're running late for something, um, or if it's, like, I've just had a big day and every single thing feels like it's going wrong. I'm a basket case. Like I can't, I don't have any patience. I have zero mm -hmm. patience for any other thing. And yeah, so I just relate so hard. Like, cause she's even trying to just be fun and flirty with Steve, which is her go-to. And then, yeah, it was like that one last thing happened, which was a big thing to break her. Just yeah. like, what you said earlier about Rob. Like, it just took one more thing to just break him. Yeah, because, I mean, after she spills it 
Like, this is the part where she's staying up all night. She's blow-drying her CPU. It's so <laughs> funny to me. It is funny. And, like, Donna's staying up all night to help her and, like, making coffee because she presumably has to study, but then she never actually gets any studying done because Claire's freaking out. But, yeah, Steve calls again and kind of, like, tries to get her to come to the after party at the pee pad, and she's just like, I loathe you. I blame you for everything you do. And then he asks – what I guess he thinks is a very innocuous question of like, well, you backed it up, right? And she's like, no, I didn't back it up because I didn't have any discs. And then she tells him not to call anymore and hangs up on him. I have to say something nice about Steve. I have to. When he was being so descriptive of like what outfit to wear, like I like, and then the compliment that somebody's got to show all these Hollywood wannabes, what true glamour is all about. And that's you like, Steve's a dog. Like, he he's always a dog. But I think he genuinely is attracted to, loves, and cares for Claire. And, like, as a person who loves words of affirmation, I'd be like, screw this paper. I've done 75 pages. I am done. I'm out. <laughs> but, yeah, that would be my personality, especially after it, like, exploded on me and I couldn't fix it. I'd be like, fuck it. I'm not fixing this computer. The IT guys at – School aren't coming tonight. I'm going out. Exactly. Because it had to have been late. So it's like, you're not going to get anything fixed in, you know, at 10 o'clock at night or whatever it was. Absolutely not. Yeah. I I think Steve had a good look this episode, which is good because he's (laughs) not looked so fantastic recently. Um, Again, testosterone Claire. (laughs) But like. Man, let me tell you, I have such a strong appreciation for Google Docs, especially with this episode. Yes. And just autosave on like Microsoft Word. Like that's what I have now. And I never, I never click the little disc. I never click it because I always have autosave turned on. We, I don't have autosave turned on just because like so many people are in my files at all times and like sometimes that like really messes with it. Like if you have someone who's not tech savvy, which I have quite a few of those in my <laughs> department, I just can't have the autosave on or they'll like create version control issues. Mm. But we live out of Google Sheets and Google Docs. Yeah. Like absolutely live. I use them to like send myself little notes by tagging myself in Google Docs. Mm. Like I live in it. Well, and then, like, because, yeah, there's the whole issue of your computer crashing or you spill something on it or what have you. But then the fact that the next day, despite Claire being horrible to Steve, just taking everything out on him, um, he comes over regardless and waltzes right in and he's like, speak of the devil, and brings a removable hard drive and disk utilities program because he spent the entire morning with folks at the IT department on CU's campus to figure out how to recover her files. And not only did he figure it out, he then did it. Like that. I mean, literally. So when the file pops up and it's just like, you know, mush. It's just like somebody slammed a keyboard. It's like my cat's wrote a paper (laughs) and she mocks him and she's like, is that it? He was like, give it a second. And then immediately you see like this beautiful paper with her graph right on the first page, everything. 
And then he's all, you can find a new punching bag. Mic drop. I'm out. <laughs> I loved it. Like, this is such, like, a good power move from him that, like, yeah. it's not power, right? I don't know. That's not the right word. But he feels bad because he finally understands what she's going through. He fixes it in a way that only Steve can. Only Steve can undo losing 75 pages of a paper. <laughs> Yeah, it's like somehow he's perfectly equipped to handle this situation. Literally, I would not – if you put the entire gang in front of me in a lineup and said, like, figure out the one that's going to save this paper, it's got to be Steve. (laughs) I can't think of another person that could accidentally their way into saving this paper. Well, it probably would be Claire. But she's too clouded by, like, all the stress she's under. But she doesn't know – she knows literally everything else. She has an eidetic memory and can recite Shakespeare and she knows applied physics and she can speak multiple languages. Fix a computer? Never seen her do it. Man, I wonder if you sat her down with Rob while he makes that chair. If then like – Oh, my God. The next day she could make a chair. (laughs) She she puts the flannel back on and everyone's like, oh, my God, no. And she's like, no, it's okay. I'm just a carpenter now. (laughs) Steve, if she loved me if I was only a carpenter. <laughs> oh, he would be so happy. <laughs> he truly would. Could you imagine if like she sees Rob make the chair and then Kelly does her try and restore a chair to distract herself from Hong Kong and then it breaks and then Claire's just like I could fix that chair. Yeah. <laughs> she pulls little she... what's his face in um in holes. I can fix that. <laughs> oh my god, and then they fall in love. Oh. That would be great. Yeah, I I did love that Steve got to have a moment and just be like, look, I'm tired of you yelling at me like this. Like, I feel like Steve a lot of the times acknowledges, like, I deserve this when I deserve yeah. it, but I do not deserve it right now. Yeah, agreed. And, you know, obviously that strikes a chord with Claire because then later on, you know, we'll get to the whole main reason why they're at this harp show, but... They get there and, oh, my God, Steve getting an entire bouquet of roses. First of all, I was like, no guy would want this. No straight guy would want this. But then, like, I was just like, somehow it works. For Steve, it works. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think it has to be Steve again. Like, I think he appreciates what she did. And like we said, they're perfect for each other so somehow she just knows that he would love this giant bouquet of roses (laughs) and then yeah she's in that dress with the like diamond cutout over her entire tummy I didn't I didn't really care for it but it seems like you know Steve loves the dress Steve just wants to see Claire's body that's all I, I mean yeah and then she calls herself a jerk they make out and then they talk about the principle of friction in front of everyone. I mean, like, <laughs> gotta love them. They have no shame. No, of course not. Oh, my God. They're so weird. I love them. I love them. I can't explain how these things keep happening to us. This is such a <laughs> weird relationship for us to be so committed to, especially considering what Steve does. Like, <laughs> Right? It, I say it at least 20 times a season, but it's Ian's earring. Yeah. Like, like you said about, you know, a movie could be totally trash, but if someone's reading the words correctly, like that just sells it. Like Steve is trash, but Ian's earring is so 
personable that I can't help it. I'm just like, I forgive you. You kissed another girl this season and I forgive you. <laughs> you plagiarized and almost got expelled this season. You streaked in front of the uh in front of Chancellor Arnold this season. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> it's so bizarre. God. Yeah, it's just that coupled with the chemistry that he has with Kathleen Robertson and we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, same thing. This would not work if anyone else played Claire because yep. sometimes Claire's truly annoying, but like Kathleen yeah. Robertson just – Agree. Like I don't know that I would actually like to be her friend. Like I think I would, but I would get annoyed with her, you know? Yeah. Like I'd be like, okay, calm down over there. Like, you know <laughs> – Oh my gosh. Okay. Speaking of annoyed, are we ready for the the main story? Let's hit it. All right, Mary. Okay. So Mariah comes back having published her book about angels and is now giving a seminar at CU's New Age Festival and it never would have happened without Brandon. Tracy is covering the event for CU TV, so she's excited to meet Mariah until Kelly appears. Tracy lets her jealousy over both Kelly and Mariah get the best of her and slams the New Age Festival in her news segment. She and Brandon fight, and then Brandon attends the New Age concert where he finds himself alone with Kelly, kissing her, and then he's like, oops, bye. <laughs> oops, bye. <laughs> but almost not bye. Like, oops, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> uh, maybe? The look back? Yeah. The look back. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have to start like literally at the like the title of this episode because Paramount has this as heaven sent S-E-N-T, not S-C-E-N-T, like we see on IMDB. Hmm. Yeah. And I should have checked my DVDs because I tried to check mm. Hulu, but they took the season off of Hulu. And like I thought about it after that, and I don't know anywhere that S-C-E-N-T would have made any sense. But S-E-N-T, heaven sent, makes yeah, sense. obviously. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I'm so confused. I have no idea where the C came from on IMDb and what it could mean. There's no smells, ever. <laughs> well, and there's no, like, perfume or incense or, I mean, there's flowers later, but nobody smells the flowers. The only thing I can think maybe is like, because we're about to talk about in this part of the story, all the new age stuff, uh, like, but it's a stretch. It's a stretch. That's, and that's why I was trying to think of like incense or maybe there was a scene. I don't know. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Shut up. Mariah is back. So I told you guys last week, we are going to get a guest star that we have seen before and we never thought we would ever see again. <laughs> It was so fun. Like, she pops up and they do that whole, like, black and white sepia tone uh, flashback with her voiceover just to mm -hmm. be like, hey, in case you don't remember when we saw her at the Alamo. Like, oh, no, no. I remember. Of course we remember. But, yeah, I, I loved it. I, I – another situation where we need A – person of color on the show as a regular um but b just her character 
even if you don't, if you're like Tracy and you don't buy into the guardian angel, new age, quote unquote stuff, which we'll get to that. I don't understand mm-hmm. where the new age came from, but anyway, um, she's an interesting character and she's really good. She's compelling. Mm-hmm. Like I was very, um, like my eyes kept just watching her whenever the scene was on, you know, cause I'm like, man, you're interesting. She's like the new hotness. Yeah, I guess I mean, so. <laughs> literally, she wrote a book and got it published in like six months. That's unheard of. Yep. Yeah. By the way. Um, okay, so next thing we have got to talk about from the beginning. She won't stop talking about Kelly. Brandon wasn't talking about Kelly at the Alamo, right? He was talking about the relationship he literally just got out of because he was supposed to go on this road trip with Susan. With Susan. So he was talking about Susan and he kept mentioning like the newspaper and his relationship he just got out of and not Kelly. That whole episode, I went back, I read synopses, I looked up my notes. I don't remember Kelly coming up at all. I literally was just like clicking over to my notes in our Google Drive just to see. I could be totally wrong. I did not scroll through your notes and like, Mary, I did not message you about your synopsis, but I do not remember, which means they've either retconned this or we are just supposed to assume that Brandon would not shut the heck up about Kelly off screen. And not just like a girl, Kelly, you know, like very and like. To the point that Mariah immediately recognizes Kelly when she walks in. Right. Right. Which is also impossible. Like, I mean, at this point, it's fine because Kelly is the only blonde in the room. Right. So I guess as yeah. long as she knows Kelly equals blonde, she's good. I do love how immediately they bond, though. Like, literally, they walk in the door well, you know, because she ends up telling everybody that she's here to promote her book. There's a festival going on, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Steve's in there, Claire's in there, Tracy's in there. We don't see Kelly at this point, but we see everybody else and, and Mariah and Brandon. And nobody, ha- like, at all has read the book. They're just like, oh, cool, you got a book published. Then Kelly comes out of nowhere down the hallway. And it's just like, oh, I, I read your book. I loved it. So it's like, no Which- wonder Mariah was like, girl, I like you. <laughs> you know? Like... Which immediately all I could think of is like, why is Kelly here? Because that means that Kelly and Tracy were alone without Brandon in the house together. Like Steve and Claire were there, but let's be real. Steve and Claire are off doing their own thing. That's why she came in from the hallway. She's like, I need to go to the bathroom for a long time. I need to wash my hands for a long time. I need to get a beverage for a long time. Like (laughs) she's like drying her own tea leaves to make the tea. She's like, I'm just going to stay right here. Man. And – I think you said it earlier. They were immediately trying to make us hate Tracy. Immediately. I mean, literally, like, Tracy gets jealous of the fact that Brandon told Mariah about Kelly before he knew that Tracy existed. The quote is literally, either Mariah met Kelly in a past life or you poured your heart out to her in Lonesome City, Texas. Enough to make Brandon react and say just be an angel would you just break up you guys are so mean to each other i literally wrote 
just break up already. <laughs> and like, okay, I don't think this one is justifiable. Like, I don't think Tracy has a right to be mad about something that happened before Brandon knew who she was. Yeah. It just, it drives me nuts that she's like, oh, you poured your heart out to somebody in the middle of nowhere, Texas. And I'm like, he did. About Susan, who just dumped him. Who you, like, don't even really know about either. So, like, which is also hilarious that, like, we have just forgotten Susan exists. Ugh. I love her. Susan. I do not forget. <laughs> yeah, we never forget. I literally called Tracy Susan in my notes last week. We keep doing this. All of I've us done it done so many times. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I told John that I was coming in here to talk about this, and I was like, they totally retconned this whole story about Brandon not talking about Susan, but instead talking about Kelly, thinking we wouldn't remember. And he was like, well, they didn't expect anyone to watch the show like you did. And I was like, that was this season. And he goes, oh. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. Like, I know it, we binge it, but it's not like we don't we're not binge watching it that yeah. fast. Ex I yeah, I was just gonna say, like, it's not like we're sitting here cranking out four hours of TV every night. You know, at least not with this show. But God, it's no wonder. Mariah doesn't want to be around Tracy and wants to be around Kelly because Tracy is just making stank face at her the whole time. And Kelly's like, I read your book. I loved it. Let's go hang out. Like, I'm going to be nice to you. Yeah. We already know Kelly is a morning person because the next day we find out that, like, Tracy woke up to hang out with Mariah, but Kelly beat her to it, got there early, and took Mariah to the beach. Mm -hmm. Literally says, like beat Tracy to her is what I wrote. <laughs> yep. Which like, yeah, then I think Brandon says like, oh, that means I get you all to myself. And I was like, yeah, that's what you should be wanting. Right. Right. And like you almost think like, like maybe Brandon woke up with like, okay, I'm going to start the day off positive. We're not going to fight. You know, because mm -hmm. they're at that point in their relationship where clearly they should not be together, but neither one of them actually wants to break up with the other. And so he probably woke up being like, I'm going to go downstairs, we're going to be cute, and we're going to start this day off on the right foot. And they do until... five <laughs> seconds. Until Tracy's like, well, I think Hong Kong brought us closer. But it's... I don't even know what she says. I didn't write it down. But she just like gets really insecure about the fact that he's talked with, with Mariah and wants to know everything that he talked about with her, including everything about Kelly, everything, everything, because she can't just let this go. And he has to insist that they're just like, not even Kelly anymore, but that Brandon and Mariah are just friends. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. When she immediately insists and wants specifics about what they were talking about, I was like, you've gone too far. Like, mm -hmm. have you ever like – with the intention of staying with someone gone to like I I can't name a time that I've gone to John and been like I need specifics of the conversation you had with X Y and Z before we met like no I, I just, mean like did I ask about the relationship that Nate was just in right before we got together sure did I say like what'd you guys talk about you know like all that kind of stuff no 
First of all, he wouldn't have remembered. And secondly, like, how crazy would that be of me to say? Yeah, I mean, that's the other thing. There's no way that John could remember. He doesn't remember half the stuff I say. He will say something an hour Mm. after I've said it. And I'm like, yes. (laughs) Yes, that's very true. Literally last night, I was like, are you going to go into the office on Thursday? And he goes, yeah, probably. And I was like, well, you know, I'm, I've am i got that all-day meeting on Thursday, so I'm going to be out of the office, so we got to figure out what to do with Noodle. And he's like, oh, you didn't tell me that. I was like, I've been telling you this for like three days straight. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, I guess I'll stay home then. And I'm like, bruh. <laughs> Every time. I made John give me his work calendar. Like, I can only see busy times. Not yeah. like, you know, full things, but I made him share his work Google Calendar with me. Because I was like, we got to stop this. Like, yeah. I need to know. <sighs> if only we had that. I know. It's really nice. But like, yeah, this is when we start getting hints that Tracy's like, oh, well, I don't believe in this like pseudo spiritual stuff. I don't think I need the new AG, whatever, whatever. Because, mm-hmm. you know, like we said, she's. Mariah's here for the New Age Festival. Tracy's covering the New Age Festival, but Tracy's already got this chip on her shoulder about the fact that Mariah and Brandon had such a strong bond. Now Mariah and Kelly have such a strong bond, and Tracy feels like she's in the middle. Mm-hmm. So she's like really digging her heels in on angels or nonsense. Yeah, it's like she's doubling down and criticizing the thing that Mariah really enjoys just so she can, you know, seem superior not like the other girls yeah exactly and it's so funny too because that next scene with kelly and mariah at the beach apartment talking about you know new york because that's where mariah is right now and kelly mentions that you know she might want to get out of here and go to grad school up there because beverly hills is starting to feel really really small with the same people and same mistakes and all that kind of stuff which to be fair they do not branch out. So, yeah, I understand yeah. why they would feel this way. <laughs> exactly. Make new friends. Yeah. But, like, I get why these two would be friends. You know, they're similar to each other in the sense that they have aspirations outside of just, you know, what they've always done. They are really easy to get along with. Um, and they both like Brandon, not in the same way, but, like, Clearly, if Brandon has gravitated towards both of these women, like, it means something. And what I love, too, is that Kelly's actually talking to Mariah about her experience, not mm-hmm. just, like, everything related to Brandon. She's like, tell me, like, tell me about your book and why did you write about angels and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, this is refreshing. This would pass the Bechdel test. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a moment that... I I feel is a stretch and I also feel like the show was definitely going for but I think Kelly is partially into all of this new agey stuff to fit her character profile of like susceptible to a cult oh sure I can see right? that mm-hmm. and this whole time I was just like man is Kelly just gonna get like really religious for a second just cause cult I could see that but I could also see it being less religion and more spiritual so like crystals Mm -hmm. and you know um incense and stuff like that rather than like a deity per se yeah i mean she goes and gets her aura red i think is what it is later Mm -hmm. yeah because like 
we see this next moment where Mariah is either reading an excerpt from her book or just telling a story related to her book about how like this this guy helped her and at the end of it he like helped her get all of her stuff and at the end of it everything was there except her angel pin and she mm-hmm. calls her grandma just like so upset she lost her angel pin and her grandma's like no no you used it that guy was your guardian angel at which point Tracy is just like that's cool we got it let's let's wrap this up yeah like she might as well have been like <laughs> okay and <moved laughs> right on, you know uh and then Mariah offers everyone tickets to this lunar concert, which is literally just a concert at night. Like, love it. I don't know. It might have been more, but it seemed like something I would really enjoy, honestly. Certainly, especially when you see how peaceful it is later. Like, it looks so nice. Yeah. And for some reason, like, Tracy and Brandon are just like, no, this isn't for me. Yeah. Although, yeah. as soon as like Kelly's like, I'll go, Brandon's like, well, we can change our plans. <laughs> I know. Tracy's just like, Brandon, we have plans. And he's like, shut up. You're making me look bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it is so overt what they are doing. It, yeah. I don't have, there's no other I, words. It's, I know. It's obvious. They, it has been clear from the beginning that Tracy was temporary because I feel like she's Susan Light and she's not Kelly. Yeah, and like she has some of the good qualities about Susan that we really liked, but she's just been getting worse and worse. And now like the neuroses that we found endearing at first has now turned into paranoia, you know? Yeah, like there's there's a difference between being like, cutesy and like okay sometimes you're a little much but like we're not going overboard to like every single time we see her on screen she's convinced that Kelly is working against her and Brandon's not in love with her and this and this and to be fair she's half right but Mm -hmm. like just do something about it instead of constantly pushing and prodding right and to make matters worse like later on when Tracy isn't around and it's just Brandon and Mariah You know, she tells Brandon how much she likes her friends. She likes the city. But Brandon, like, is like, well, you haven't mentioned Tracy because, you know, Kelly's been holding you hostage or whatever, which is fine. Again, I go back to the fact of has Tracy really made her feel that welcome? Because to be honest, if I was getting that vibe from somebody when I was a visitor to not that person's home, but their boyfriend, I wouldn't want to hang out with that person either. I mean, to be fair, uh, aside from when Tracy didn't want to go to the concert because they already had plans, we just haven't seen them interact because she Mm -hmm. says, you know, Mariah gets there that night. She's nice to her when they first come in the door, but she hasn't read her book. Yeah. And then the next day, Mariah's already gone by the time she comes downstairs. So, like, Mm -hmm. she hasn't necessarily been, like, open arms welcoming like Kelly, but it's not like she's done anything wrong. I do think like held hostage is aggressive. Sure. I think that is quite a word choice by Brandon. I also think he's probably got a bit of a point in saying that like you're spending all of your time with Kelly when like I wanted to spend time with you. I wanted you to see my girlfriend Tracy, who is my girlfriend and not Kelly. (laughs) True. And... Like, (laughs) 
Brandon is so clueless. He really spends this whole scene trying to make it work. He's like, I am not dating Kelly. It didn't work out. I am trying to make it work with Tracy, who will be coming with me to things. Mm-hmm. My girlfriend, Tracy. Uh, yeah, he, he literally says, you should get to know Tracy. Yeah, and like he then tells her to stop stirring things up. And I'm like, okay, okay. Like he's, she's not stirring things up. She's just very curious about Kelly. She's kind of stirring things up when she's like, How? oh, you got – She in this conversation, she's like, you and Kelly are so alike and maybe you're being drawn by larger forces, maybe towards each other. Literally says that. I thought she said that they both – that they're alike and they both try to be very noble, grounded in reality, but are being pulled elsewhere. Yeah, no. She's saying that of like being pulled elsewhere from where you currently are. It's like towards each other. She is trying mm-hmm. to push them together. I'm just very defensive of Mariah because I like her, okay? <laughs> I like her, but she is stirring. <laughs> and like and she I'm gets like, to leave at the end of this. No, it's true. No, it's true. And I'm just so over Tracy at this point, I think, too. So I'm like, yeah, 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 get her out. Like I'm not pro Brandon and Kelly necessarily. I'm just not – I'm also not pro Brandon and Tracy. I mean, the thing is, they don't want us to like Tracy. So, yeah, I'm yeah. like, okay, let's let's speed this up. Like, yeah. especially, you know, there are things I will miss. Like, when they go sure. – when Brandon and Tracy go to the premiere and Tracy pulls Val aside to talk shit about Kelly. Oh, yes. That is nice. I will, I will miss that. Like, I will not be upset if they break up and <laughs> – Tracy just sticks around for a while to be a messy bitch with Val. Yeah. yeah. See, I'd be better off with that because then she wouldn't only talk about all the insecurities and paranoia she has around Brandon. She can, like, use that energy elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, because I guess, you know, speaking of Tracy's energy, uh, I think it's right after this that Brandon goes to CUTV and her editorial is like keyed up and ready for his review and she is not nice about new age stuff and she says like that new age festival what were they thinking i mean mariah was cool but like everything else come on yeah so like (laughs) she tries but she can't help it no and like no offense but like what kind of news segment is this like you don't insert your opinion (laughs) <laughs> you do it, CUTV. Apparently. So silly. And then the argument is silly because, like, I don't know, we're getting it all out in the open, but they still don't break up. Literally, like, you know, she comes into the into the control room as he's reviewing her segment, and she's, like, defensive automatically and like oh you know are you supervising me or something like that i forget exactly what she says and brandon's like well i'm the news director this is actually my job and then like she jumps to the conclusion that mariah and kelly are ganging up on her i'm like in what universe you've had a conversation with either you don't even talk to kelly that's it like the only time she's seen the two of them together is when Kelly said she read her book, which is not ganging up. That's just Kelly <laughs> <Right>. reading. <laughs> and then Kelly wanting to go to the uh 
lunar concert and your boyfriend being the one to be like, yeah, let's do it. Exactly. So I'm like, break up with her, like, or break up with him. I don't, I literally wrote, Brandon, break up with her. Tracy, break up with him. Someone break up with each other. (laughs) Yes. Cause like, she gets all that out and he's like, you're being paranoid. And she's like, am I? Because Kelly told me to my face that she's still in love with you. And he just (laughs) is like, so you're not coming to the concert tonight? Like, sir, just be like, she's in love with me. We got to break up. Like, just do it. Rip the bandaid off. Seriously. Like, we are well past the time that you could have been like, look, I really, I'm just not in the right place for this. This is not working out. I would love if Tracy would finally come to her senses. But she can't because apparently Brandon is a literal golden boy. He's made of chocolate. We just have to, like, be in love with him. (laughs) God. And then we, like, get to the Lunar concert, which, again, have to point out. So nice. looks so peaceful. So nice. The only thing I would want is if they had, like, laid blankets out and turned it picnic style. Ooh, yeah. Right? Like, nothing against the chairs, but I like laying down. Sure. Yeah, that would be – it's, like, meditative. Yeah. That would have been nice. Ugh. But, yeah, it's, like, the Lonely Hearts Club, right? Because it's just Brandon, no Tracy. It's Steve, no Claire. And then Kelly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, you know, it's basically them. Obviously, Claire shows up, like we talked about. And then we learn after the concert's over, like they're all just kind of talking and Mariah just like randomly up and left. We don't even get to say goodbye. I know. I was wondering (laughs) if they filmed other scenes or they ran out of time or like what happened because she literally just disappears. It's almost like she was a guardian angel and we only needed her to bring Brandon and Kelly together. Okay. That actually would make sense. I did not think of it until right now, but it does seem like something the show would do. Yeah. No, I I agree. I, I think that's – now that I'm thinking about it, I think that was their intention. Right? Because, yeah, the way they've set this up is like it was supposed to be the five of them of like – or I guess mm-hmm. maybe the four of them. We don't know if – it would have been Brandon, Tracy, Kelly, Steve, and Mariah. And then, you know, Tracy doesn't come because – they get in a fight. Claire comes and takes Steve away because they've made up their fight. Now Mariah's gone, and that's how it ends up, that it's just Brandon and Kelly at the end of the concert, where I love that she's cold, and she's just like, I've made mistakes. I didn't plan well. <laughs> so relatable. <laughs> but long story short, they're the last two at the concert, and they kiss. Brandon kisses her. Cool. So remember when Mariah said that Brandon and Kelly are a lot alike? They both sure do love to cheat. <laughs> yes. Yes. That I was furious. The second they did this, I was like, okay, Brandon, you can't get out of you and Tracy in a good way. You could have walked away just hurting her feelings. Now, I feel like she's justified being the jilted girlfriend who is horrible to you. Like, yes. and you will deserve everything you get. And not only do they both like to cheat, they like to cheat 
with each other or like around each other. Like mm-hmm. they were together and she cheated on him with Dylan and then now he's cheating on Tracy with her. Like I think my biggest qualm, one of my biggest qualms <laughs> with dramas, specifically teen dramas, but most dramas is the amount of infidelity. And I think we've I, probably talked about this before because it is mm-hmm. one of my biggest qualms about like, does cheating really happen that much in our everyday lives? We know it's an easy device to create drama. We know that. But there's already enough drama. We don't need this stacking on top of each other. What we needed is Bridgerton when Anthony and Kate almost kiss. And then Daphne catches them. Like, that's what we need. We need the tension. We need the almost. I don't yeah. need them to actually cheat. I need the almost. Yeah. And let's let's also not forget, just remember this, Kelly knows what it feels like to be the jealous Brandon girlfriend because of Brandon spending all that time with Emily Valentine. Oh, my God. Yes. And, like, like now it's set up this whole thing of – They can't ever get mad at each other if either one of them cheats ever again. Which is so high school and, like, played out on this show. Yeah, I know. Like, we've talked about it all the time. Sometimes we just need relationships to be happy, and that is enough. That is more than enough. That is wonderful. That is more indicative of everyday couples and having your own individual squabbles about stupid stuff like, you know, Nate not closing the freaking door on our bench so Noodle doesn't try to get shoes out of it. I want that. Not extreme infidelity and, you know, that sort of stuff. It just, it doesn't make sense. I know that's not my stage in life anymore, but I never, I never needed that. I never needed never. cheating. Never. No, I, and I can't ever let go of the fact that like so many people watch this and it's just mm-hmm. like are, what are we normalizing cheating or are we are we sure everyone acknowledges this is a soap opera and we are just like watching some stupid junk well that's the are thing sh- like this is real life this is not riverdale going to talk to the devil you know <laughs> like that doesn't happen so we can't normalize something that doesn't happen but infidelity does and I don't know the degree of like the frequency of it and, 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 you know, real life. I I just don't, I completely lost my train of thought. Where was I going with this? What did normalizing you say? Infidel- normalizing. Normalizing. Yes. Yeah. Are we the problem? <laughs> it's that meme. Are we the baddies? you right. Like are, is cheating frequently happening and we're putting it on TV because it's frequently happening is life imitating art or is art imitating life? I don't I just it drives me bananas and I I will say I really appreciate that Kelly like kind of comes back from it and like she touches her lips a little like oh oh yeah that's what that feels like but then it's just like I cannot be doing this and I should really go. <laughs> yeah, she like eats out of there. <laughs> Which like I kind of really hope that when Brandon goes to tell Tracy and break up with her, he's like, okay, I cheated on you by kissing Kelly. But in Kelly's defense, she pulled away and walked away. In what way would that make it better? <laughs> I don't know. You had nothing to worry about with Kelly. It was all me. 
You right? You had me to worry about. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just furious. I'm just I'm over so it. I'm so mad. I'm so over it. I'm so over it. And you know they're going to get back together. And like, I, I'm pretty sure they're endgame. Now I feel like I'm unsure because I feel like they're just going to cheat on each other again. Well, and we have to remember one or both of these actors don't stay on the show the entire run. Yeah, I mean, every time I say Endgame, I'm like, there's literally one Endgame because it's the one that the game ends with at the end of the show. Like, <laughs> yeah. literally. We know that at least one of them leaves. Yeah, so like, I don't want another infidelity storyline between them too. I don't want it between anybody. Like Dr. Laundry was the straw that broke the camel's back for me, honestly. And that was so long ago. <laughs> right? Like, oh ugh. my goodness. Anyway. Man. Yeah, like that's how we end. Um and I do think that scene could have been great if they almost kissed and still did the same thing. They didn't actually yeah. kiss, but they almost kissed, then walked away, both looked back, then walked away. That would have been great. Oh, that would have been so chef's kiss yeah. the the look back at the two different times just gets me always always Corey and Topanga did it in Boy Meets World and I'm like they were like 15 I loved it <laughs> I'm looking up who wrote and directed this episode oh fun fact it was Phil Sabbath who did squash it who did angels we have heard on high who did ray of hope <laughs> Well, the guy who directed, oh, it's Anson Williams. He also did With This Ring with um, creepy old man Brandon and Pledging My Loved One Steve Streaked. <laughs> the, the guy who directed this episode is Potsy from Happy Days. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was on an episode of 902, or not 90210. He's directed an episode. He was on an episode of Boy Meets World. Is he really? Yeah. He plays himself. Oh, is it during one of the, uh, like, I think it's one of the, yeah, I think so. Let me get back to it. 1996. I was a teenage spy. Yes. The Russian one. Yeah. It's the one where he electrocutes himself. Yep. At Chubby's. I remember. That's so funny. Oh my gosh. This man has had a career. He directed six episodes of Lizzie McGuire, 10 episodes of Sabrina, the teenage witch. Oh, Oh my god. Yeah, he's did he did nine episodes of 90210, so we'll see him again a few more times. Yes. Oh god. Ah, I'll tell you the episode he does in season 10 after we finish recording. Listeners, oh you can look it up yourselves cuz you know who we're talking about. But anybody who doesn't want to be spoiled, this is fascinating. But that's like 2 years from now. <laughs> Do you have a quote of the week? God, I have too many. So y'all tell me what you liked and I will probably give you two. Mary, you go first. Okay. Um, the first thing I wrote down was Mariah talking to Brandon, like first scene immediately. Dang, boy, it's a good thing you left Texas. <laughs> I just... When at any time anyone ever says, boy, it's like, boy, thank you. <laughs> Bless you. 
<laughs> it just get, it brings you back to Dylan's dad. Yes. <laughs> uh, Tracy saying, well, I'm all a flutter. Let's pack it up, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm all a flutter. I remember her saying that. Yes. Speaking of Mariah, I do want to shout out when I don't remember the exact quote. I didn't write it down, but when Kelly and her are talking outside of the beach apartment, she's like, where are you from exactly? And she says where she's from in Texas. And she's like, where the steers and beers out outnumber the tears and fears. That's one of them. <laughs> so That's silly. One of my quotes. It's so silly. Yeah, because she's like, where are you from exactly? And then boom, we got to get Southern. We got to get Southern. Hadley City, Texas. It sounded so like... 1950s i'm about to tell you a story you know yeah. just the hadley city texas ma'am like very sit down yeah, and take a listen we're about to like actually get a sepia tone yes like, flashback god i kind of loved it the steers and beers outnumber the tears and fears that does sound very texas yeah and the only reason they outnumber the tears and fears is because people are too like quote unquote tough to actually have tears or fears. <laughs> We're all out of tears. Yeah. Okay. Also, this isn't really like a fun one, but when Claire and Steve are talking on the phone and Claire goes, I loathe you, and Steve goes, I love you too. Now put that dress on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a cute one. Yeah, I had a Claire and Steve quote too. It's just um Claire being like, I guess there can be more than one jerk in our relationship. <laughs> And Steve says, absolutely. He's like, yep. It's like, yes, we're assholes, but we're each other's assholes. <laughs> oh, my God. They're so weird. They're so weird. I love them. Okay, so we got the one. Do you have another? Yes. Yeah, my other one. Um, And let me just, like, triple check. Yeah, okay. My other one is when Steve was so descriptive on Claire's outfit and – Oh, God. I already lost it again. How did I lose it? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. He says, you know, I want you to stop studying, take a shower, put on a long, put on that long black dress with the three inch pumps and that sexy underwear that I like or something like that and come to the premiere. Somebody's got to show all these Hollywood wannabes what true glamour is all about. And that's you. Like, how sweet is that? <laughs> the fact that he knows her outfits and has favorites. And then continues to build her up. You know, like, it was cute. And, like, he knows her so well. He's like, take that pencil out from behind your ear. Take the pen out from behind your other ear. Yes, God. Like, the whole, that's why, that's what we needed in the Donna and David storyline. Because, like, Steve genuinely was doing this because he thought that was what she needed. Because he already knows her so well. Yeah, but with David that was, and Donna, like, it just wasn't – it was all about what David wanted. Yeah, it was arguably, like, two very similar stories but, like, completely flipped over. Like, yeah, you know, Steve didn't have that special moment to do, but mm-hmm. that was, like, the big difference. Yep. Oh, man. Mary, what about you? I have to say, my moment of the week was Tracy being the most relatable when she pulled Val aside at the premiere to hate Kelly really quick. I loved it. And I loved that Val went straight with it. She's like, oh, yeah, Mariah's. Kelly's got her hooks in Mariah. 
Mm-hmm. I love, love it. it. Just that's. I I need. I need them to break up and have Tracy come back and just be a bitch. <laughs> yes. Just let her still be friends with Val and they can just be mean, cute, short, brown-haired girls together. Val needs friends. Val needs friends. Val does need friends. And, like, could she find a better one than one that also hates Kelly? Right. And, like, no. let's be real. Val doesn't really talk to – like. Val and Tracy talk, but they don't talk about real stuff, you know, and Val needs somebody to talk real stuff with. Yeah, I I think it could be perfect. All right. I've been dying to know what is next week's episode. <laughs> next week's episode, one of the higher rated episodes of the season, I might add, is season seven, episode 26, The Long Goodbye. They have to break up. Oh, my God. Is it just a episode-long breakup? I swear to God, if they do the How I Met Your Mother treatment and do an entire season of one weekend. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will riot. <laughs> See, that's why I couldn't rewatch How I Met Your Mother. Shit like that happened. Oh, I'm there now. So, How on earth do you come up with that many episodes of television in, for two days? Or maybe three if it's a long weekend. About to find out because I, I, I can't remember because of how bad it was. I like think I put it out of my mind. Good I, Yeah, I don't think it was a long weekend. I will say that. It was a wedding weekend, but it wasn't like a holiday weekend. That's what I mean. Like it was a long weekend in that it aged all of us <laughs> because the whole thing was not about how I met your mother. It's how I met your mother, then she died, and then I ended up with your Aunt Robin. Ugh, sorry. I, I kind of had a feeling that's how that ended. Like, oh, I read shit, enough sorry. spoiler. No, no, no. Like, I don't watch the show. I watched the pilot because I could get it for free on iTunes back when I had a little iPod mm. video. Nice. Uh, so, like, <laughs> God, that. like, over 10 years ago. Anyway, um, yeah, never really got further into it than that. But. Yeah, I've seen enough spoilers here and there on the internet to kind of piece it together. That... Yeah, because people were so mad. Yeah. Well, and it's – oh, it was so funny because in that first pilot, he goes, and that's how I met your Aunt Robin. And they'll go, Robin? And then yeah. seven years later, they're like, yeah, we knew this whole story was about how you were going to fall in love with Aunt Robin. Exactly. We get it. Like, and don't get me wrong. I still stand by the fact that seasons like three and four, a little bit of five, are hilarious. Those are really, really good. But the show itself does not age well. They make bad jokes. Like, jokes yeah. we do not joke about anymore. <laughs> they make... Like, Barney is straight up a predator. Mm -hmm. Gay jokes and fat jokes and slut jokes and, you know, like, Just misogynistic that, yeah. stuff. Just that, and like, pre-2010, early 2010s bullshit. Yes. Like... Yeah. Nope. You know, Barney can't, he can age, but he can't date, like, if a woman's over 30, like, no way, you know, like, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And especially as a 32-year-old, I'm like, what the? Yeah, that's, that's really icky. It is. Yeah. I can't and imagine I... talking to someone, like, under 26. <laughs> right? Seriously. God. 
Yeah, and the only way I can even entertain it from Barney is because he's played by Neil Patrick Harris, you know, a gay man. It's it's the Steve and I and Zeering thing all over again. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's like what ha ha ha, you like men. Like it's you know, <laughs> you're you're not actually like this. <laughs> yeah. His husband is on the show sometimes. Yeah, all of their Aww. significant yeah. others end up being characters on the show at some point. It's great. Look at us bringing it back to 90210 to wrap up this episode. <laughs> if you love this kind of random 10-minute tangent on shows that are not the show that we talk about purposely, you can follow us on Instagram at back to podcast. You can also send us an email um, if you don't like what we just did and let us know at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All of that stuff really helps us to get seen and build a community. And then we can give you all a better product because we'll be getting the feedback on what you think about how I met your mother and sometimes 90210. And if you give us a shout out, if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week. From all of us at Back to Podcast, just be an angel, will you? I'm seriously starting to consider the fact that I probably need to back up all of my files on my computer somehow. And I gotta go count all the jerks in my relationship. Bye! Bye! See ya. <laughs>